silence your cell phones now. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Pop Off Podcast. I am Ralph Campiano, and this is a monologue show about crowns and foot fetishes and dragons. That's right. Season 1, Episode 9 of House of the Dragon, the penultimate episode of this season, has a lot of weight on its shoulders. We all know from Game of Thrones that Episode 9 was typically the backbreaking episode that kind of set the season up and put a punctuation on a lot of different sentences in this season's storylines. So that's what we were anticipating here with House of the Dragon. We wanted to know if any of the beef would be resolved, what Queen Alicent would do about Viserys' last words before his last dying breath, and we got a lot of answers to it. So let's just get right into it. The first thing we need to address is Laris and the whole feet thing, because what the fuck? I'm watching this last night, and I'm thinking to myself, God, this is stupid. I was so mad. I was like, this is so dumb. Like, why is this his thing? Why is he exchanging his knowledge, that currency of knowledge, for this simple thing? But then I spent some more time thinking about it. And, you know, it seems like everybody in the show is vying for one thing, and that is power. But the thing that made Game of Thrones so great was that Littlefinger, for example, who is kind of our former Laris. Laris is a stand-in for Littlefinger. We need somebody like that. He doesn't want power. He just wants a very simple thing that is a very human urge, and that's really all it is. Littlefinger wanted Catelyn Stark, and Laris likes to look at feet, and not just like any kind of feet. You know, he likes to look at the most powerful woman in Westeros's feet. So, there's some sort of complication there that is, you know, it has something to do with power, like the ability that he is actually able to get her to reveal something that I doubt she would for anybody else, even her former husband. So there is that. And there's also the obvious reason that, you know, his foot is completely deformed and he can't look at his own feet and get off. So he needs to do it with somebody else. And it just so happens that Allison has some pretty little piggies. So it is what it is. I didn't understand it at first because I'm not a foot fetishist. If anything, I might be an anti-foot fetishist. Like stuff kind of grosses me out. So it freaked me out at first, but I adjusted. And you just have to think about these things from a different perspective because... That's what makes these characters human. That's what makes them whole. And despite my hatred for Laris, I understand him deeper now, which I think is a good thing for the show. Um, The next thing that we have to talk about is the crown moves fast. So once Viserys is assumed dead and Allison finds out, action starts right away. They do not wait until the morning. They start at 2 a.m. Westeros time. And, you know, the hand is a schemy little deviant. He's a fucking prick. Shout out to Reese Vons for the character. He's probably the most compelling, dramatic actor on the show thus far. Either him or Matt Smith as Damon, which we don't see at all in this episode, which we can talk about in a little bit. But the fact that the hand is ready for this just goes to show that Allison is not as informed as she likes to believe. She's a little bit naive still. Her father is still a step ahead of her, so it's time for her to reconsider their relationship and what he has done for her, which, in his mind, he made her the most powerful woman in Westeros and made her the queen. But in her mind, she's like, well, I don't know who I would have been if it weren't for you pulling the puppet strings on my back. Like, I could have been something, and maybe it would be better than the person that I am right now, but for the last 25 to 30 years of my life, Every single one of my moves has been influenced by you. And that's a really scary thing. It's like, can you even imagine if that was your situation? If every decision that you had ever made, it turned out it was actually a result of 
your own parents' selfishness. And for some, some people that might be true, which is really, really sad. But I like to think that we all have our own agency and our own free will and we all end up in the place that we end up in because we decided to take ourselves there. And Allison, I'm not sure if she would rather be in a different position than being in this one because she is, well, she has a conversation with Rainice about this, but I think that she is power hungry. And I think that she has imagined herself on the Iron Throne. And unfortunately, that's not a reality of her position right now. But at the same time, she doesn't have to be on the Iron Throne to influence the decisions of Westeros. She can be one of the many women or the most important woman at the very least, to influence Aegon's decisions. So she can kind of play the role of the hand that her father has done for so many years and kind of assume that herself. Because when Viserys was sick for the last five years, it was the hand and Allison that were making all the decisions that were major ones for their realm. It wasn't Viserys. Viserys was off that milk of the poppy. He had a sweet perky in his system, and he was just, you know, dozing off and trying to fight the battle of pain well Allison was getting shit done like whether or not she'd made the right decision every single time that doesn't matter that's an impossible thing to do but at least she's got some experience of leading the realm leading this amount of people and having that weight on her shoulders so I think that's something that Rhaenyra and Damon actually didn't give her enough credit for in the last episode I'm not on Allison's side by any means but we are seeing a little bit more of a human element to her than we saw once Olivia Cook kind of took over that role. Now, the next thing is, is Aegon is our new king. So a lot of this episode is a, you know, race to find the chicken with his head cut, of, cut off between Kristen and Aemon, and then the two twins who we weren't introduced to until this episode, which is like, I don't know, that seems like kind of lazy writing, honestly. But at the same time, it's like we need somebody to be the foe to Kristen and Aemon here. So... I don't really have a lot of thoughts on that. I mean, I guess like the world building of the kids who have to grow out their nails and sharpen their teeth is, I suppose, cool. I don't know. I'm not sure if I necessarily needed that. But at the same time, it's like we spend so much time in common rooms and throne rooms and all that kind of stuff that it is kind of cool to like be reminded that, hey, Flea Bottom's a pretty ratchet place. Like there are some drugs being dealt, some escorts being purchased, and there are some kids that are having some fucking cockfights so it is a good thing to be reminded of that but at the same time it's like god like did it have to be kids do we really have to do 10 year olds sharpening their fucking teeth and you know razor blading their nails because that just feels like a little bit much and the fact that Aegon is getting off on that and probably has anywhere between 45 to 100 kids sprinkled around there that are just going to be bastards that suffer an early death because their dad was a fucking freak that loved prostitutes and couldn't get enough of cheating on his sister who then became his wife. That's where I come to like a damn house of the dragons is pretty fucked up. And honestly, there aren't a lot of other shows that are like this. So like, I appreciate that it does dive into these deep parts of the realm but at the same time, it's like, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of soft. I'm like, I watch some pretty fucked up shit, but this is like, this is next level. If we're talking about fifth graders fighting to the death, like with like enhanced features. So Aegon is, um, he's our new king and he seems very reluctant to take the position. That's an understatement. He actively does not want it. 
until he realized what it comes with in that final ceremony where he's pumping his sword. He hears everybody cheering for him, and he's never experienced anything like this. His entire life, he's realized that he is a disappointment. He doesn't believe that his father loved him. Viserys obviously loved Rhaenyra more than his sons, but to not show them like any sort of faculty or attention or anything in that kind of realm of possibilities is that's a letdown on his part and he should have seen this coming so he should have spent more time with Aegon and Aemond and helped groom them Aemond is obviously a whole-on badass like the eye patch looks sick he looks tall he chased down his older brother and just easily handled him he's one of the best sword fighters in all of the world now and he has the biggest dragon ever so yeah it's probably his right to be the fucking king but at the same time I'm not sure if I'd rather have him be the king or Aegon because Aemon has this, you know, little brother, short man syndrome kind of thing to him where it's like, I was bullied when I was growing up. And it's like we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Like, he has a school shooter vibe to him. It's like he was bullied. And he's going to come back for more and show everybody just how powerful he was all along, which is probably the scariest fucking thing that anybody can be. And Aegon is just, I don't know, he was reluctant and now he wants it. And we'll see if he evolves to Joffrey levels of stewardship being a king all that kind of stuff i i don't think that he does i don't think he can possibly be that evil i'm not sure if he's gonna be burning people alive for fun like the mad king but at the same time there's definitely a path to get there because he's unhappy with his relationship with his sister slash wife i don't know if he's gonna be a good father I I don't think that he's going to listen to Allison very well because he doesn't have to listen to Allison, but he'd probably be wiser if he did. And there's just going to be a very interesting story to tell with Aegon because we really don't know that much about him other than the fact that he likes to get drunk, he likes to sleep with women, and he likes to disobey the rules. So we'll see where that goes. And then finally, the last thing that we have is Rhaenys adding another dragon to the Targaryens' side. So, this would have been two episodes in a row without any dragons. And for a show called House of the Dragon to actively avoid utilizing dragons, that would have been pretty fucking weird. But, we have this big last hurrah with Rhaenys that, in the moment, felt pretty cool. It was like, oh wow, she's breaking him out of the shackles, he's coming out of the dragon pit, he's gonna kill, I don't know, 15% of King's Landing's population, something like that. And I just struggled with the idea of what are the consequences here. It's like I knew that she wasn't going to burn the family alive because that wouldn't make for a good show if it was that easy. If Rhaenys just said, you know what, fuck this shit. Aegon, Alicent, Hand, you're all dead. Like that would have not been a show at all. But at the same time, it's like, okay, Rhaenyra gets another dragon. We are walking towards a Dance of the Dragons. And we're going to have a civil war. If the entire first season is just leading up to that civil war, that's fine. I feel that. But I just had I had the expectation that we we're going to see at least a little bit of it. Like at least a, a couple of battles throughout this first season. We've really only had one battle. And it was the battle of the Stepstones. Where Damon just goes LeBron mode. And ISOs like 40 different dudes with a sword. And then cuts... I don't even remember his name. The Crab Feeder cuts him in half. Like, that's the only real battle that we got. So, if we don't get some sort of dragon dance in episode 10, then I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. I will. I know that the second season is probably going to have a lot of action, but it's not like it's going to be all action all the time. And I'm still really high on this show. Uh, I get really excited to watch it now. But I think that 
when it comes to the Game of Thrones standards of an episode 9 of a penultimate episode, this fell a little bit short because it felt like time filler a little bit. Like, we didn't need to spend that much time chasing Aegon. Like, he just ended up being under a fucking pit. Like, really? We really need to go to, what was her name? The White Worm, who is just one of the worst actresses I've seen on a show this big. Like, every single one of her line deliveries is certainly a choice, but it's always the wrong one, it seems like. You might know her from Ex Machina, where she plays the robot android um, that Oscar Isaac's character is in love with. Um, That's a totally separate subject. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I, I have high hopes for episode 10. It's the finale. We better get something out of it. And... We'll see where they go from there because I'm not sure if I'm going to have the same level of anticipation between seasons for this show as I did for Game of Thrones. I mean, the wait between season five and season six felt like for fucking ever for Game of Thrones. I'm not sure if it's going to feel the same way for season one and season two of this show. But I'm happy to have watched it. Um, I'm happy to not have a foot fetish. Seems like a really fucking weird thing. Um, shout out to Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite filmmakers. And shout out to Laris because he's always bringing something spicy to the show. We laugh when his face shows up on the screen. That's great. Uh, but I'd like to. I like that he's bringing a little bit something different than just a guy who's lusting after power like everybody else on the show. So that's it. That's House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 9. I will be back next week talking about it, hopefully concluding the season as a whole with one of our guests on the pop-off pod, maybe Adam Kavsch, maybe Skylar Reesberg. We'll see from there. Um, but thank you guys for tapping in. We will see you tomorrow with the top 10 players in the NBA as we get ready for NBA tip-off. Peace out.